0: This is the Narrative Shift podcast where we talk about faith, justice, race, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Terrence Lester. And I'm Johnny Taylor. And uh, thanks for tuning in.
1: Welcome back to the Narrative Shift podcast. We are coming back to you after a five month hiatus, uh, bringing you episode 23. Wow, man! It's been five months. It has been.
0: What is going on? The pandemic. Huh? There's
1: been a pandemic. Uh, the past five months now. It's now August. Uh, we've been we've been gone since late February, early March. Yep. Uh, and since then, a pandemic, the coronavirus. Yeah that, that would
0: explain why why I'm uh, wearing a mask. Uh yeah. recording this podcast with you. Yep. Uh it hasn't been fun, uh not to say the least. We've seen many people get sick and uh pass away. Uh the COVID cases are continually uh rising day by day. And uh right now, you know, there are debates around you know, kids going back to school. Yep. Um It's a lot that's gone on since uh, we last did a podcast, man.
1: Yeah, that uh, I feel like is even an understatement. I mean, since we've last done the podcast, we've seen not only this global pandemic, uh, COVID-19, but we've also seen um, a huge, you know, um, I don't know what you would even call it, but like the the issue of racism has definitely been brought back to the forefront of... Oh, full-fledged. I mean...
0: All of the uh, police brutality cases. Yeah, uh, George Floyd. We had Ahmaud Arbery uh-huh. um, in Brunswick, Georgia. Uh, Breonna Taylor. Um, we had a young man here uh, in the city of Atlanta whose life uh, was ke- uh, taken. Uh huh. Yeah. And it, it you know, uh, the tension has not only been around the pandemic, but it's also been around. Um, these disparities that uh, we've seen. We've seen massive amounts of people all across the globe, to protest uh, against racial racial injustice.
1: Yeah. And then on top of that, of course, we have an election year. So we've seen um, different opinions and stuff around that, uh, constant news cycle. Just, it seems like every time you turn around, there's something new to worry about, uh, with
0: 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It's something new. Uh, I I know one of the huge, hugest adjustment for us, um, just as a family is, um, you know, when the pandemic first struck, I think back in March and everything was starting to shut down and schools were starting to close, like our kids came home. Like, yeah. they literally finished <laughs> their schooling from the house, hmm. and it was hard for uh, my wife and I to adjust because you had, you know, I'm I'm working, uh, you know, doing the nonprofit thing, and we had just launched a campaign, Love Sinks In, that uh, went viral, and, you know, our workload didn't slow down. Uh, my wife is working a full-time job and managing all that, and then yet uh we had to figure out a way how to uh also be homeschool teachers um which was really challenging for us because it seemed like all of our compartmentalized uh compartmentalized lives uh maybe i'm not saying this right but all of our lives outside of the house uh kind of converged yep they all came together right like yep at one moment i would be you know, leading organization. And then in the same breath, I'm a school principal <laughs> right, <laughs> or, or, right. or, or the lunch lady, right. <laughs> Whichever uh, came first and a husband and all of these mm-hmm. things, it was just all here at the house, which, uh, not much has changed. Yeah. What about you, man?
1: Yeah. I know for me, the pandemic definitely shifted my entire life. Um, you know we like you said we um we started off with 2 weeks of like pretty strict quarantine nobody was out and about yeah it was
0: like if you you went out it you're you you might you might
1: <laughs> right. get locked up <laughs> right you're like constantly like checking around like is anybody watching me like right um but that was Different. And also, like you said, we started a new campaign, Love Sinks In, yep. which we, for those of you who don't know, we have been putting out uh, hand washing stations, portable hand washing stations for people experiencing uh, homelessness and poverty, uh, for them to be able to wash their hands uh, wherever they may be. And so we started that uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic as our response. Yeah. And Uh, it blew up, like you said, and we are now, how many cities are we in as of today? Man, we are in, uh, 33 cities,
0: uh, 20 plus States, uh, probably by the end of this week, we'll be closer to 40 cities. Um, we started with, I think five sinks and then, uh, Mm -hmm. had Lecrae jump in, uh, bump us up to 15 sinks yep. here in the city. And, and since then, uh, we just recently secured a uh, shipment of almost 1,000 sinks yep. uh, that will continue to place all around the United States. Um, we, we've also uh, expanded to some countries. So we got uh, Toronto, Canada, and uh, we're also about to um, send – Probably twenty portable hand washing stations to Sydney, Australia. Wow, for love sinks in. So, wow, yeah, man, I, I remember it uh, just like yesterday. But I'll, I'll let you finish your story, and we'll yeah. we'll go go into that. So you were saying about learning, um, you had to learn how to pivot and adjust.
1: Yep, yep. So we pivoted in this direction, and it, I mean, it changed our day to day, um, like our entire workflow. So. You know, normally we'd be out uh, in meetings or uh, recording yeah. stories of people uh, that we work with, but now it's like every day we're uh, taking care of sinks and filling up sinks and uh, shipping sinks and doing a lot of stuff with sinks. Uh, yeah, making sure
0: of, making sure people have access to uh, sanitation. Yep. Um, which I think before the the pandemic actually like took society by storm, people hadn't really given any thought to that basic need and necessity that people experience in homelessness go without every single day.
1: No. And I think even for us, it was kind of like a, almost like a surprise thought in our heads, like, wait, how? So the CDC is recommending that people wash their hands for 20 seconds yeah. to prevent the uh, the getting this virus. But how how do people... Without access to running water, how do they do that? And I know we were throwing around ideas back and forth through text message before we came up with a sink. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember um, we were uh, going back and forth through text, and you were like, bro, we need to somehow get soap uh, to people experiencing homelessness. And I think you sent, like, um, this little portable thing that you could – like, wash your hand, um, and that kind of triggered something in me, like, let's think a little, let's think a little bigger, like, if we, yeah. what if we start putting out sinks, and I, I remember sending you, like, pictures of sink parts and stuff um, that I was looking up, and um, finally landed on, uh, like, a feature that is uh, frequently used for RVs, and I was like, this is it. Um, and I send it to you. I was like, "Dude, we need to put out some sinks." Coincidentally, uh, LaCrea texted me probably a couple days later. Is like, "What is Love Beyond Walls doing to respond uh, for people on the streets?" Um, and I was telling him about the this huge need of not having access to running water. Cause think about it, man. Everything closed. Everything. And when you're living on the streets, you already do not have certain access uh, to like public restrooms or it's not like restaurants are allowing you to come in when you're experiencing homelessness. Uh, Sometimes you can't even sit in public places or stand in public places Mm -hmm. without uh, being shooed away, you know. Um, And the pandemic just brought about... um, you know this compounded social isolation for people experiencing right yeah
1: it's like this new level of isolation from society as a whole yeah so not only are you isolated naturally <laughs> yep
0: um because of people's false perceptions of you but now people were sheltering in place there weren't a lot of commuters and uh places were closed we we're talking about in the beginning And you don't have access to literally nothing, yeah. Not even testing, yeah. Um, Let alone running water. And you know we were we were hearing from the community how people were scared that they might contract COVID nineteen because they couldn't wash their hands.
1: Yeah, and I remember even going out into the communities in those first couple of weeks, and even things like uh, the people who would normally like come by and bring food weren't doing that anymore. Like the normal outreaches. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, there was in those first few weeks literally nothing for the communities of people experiencing homelessness. There right. Was, there was no kind of care. People or were starving. Thought. Yeah. And I know, like, in those first few weeks, too, we started to see people go missing. and Right. Uh, all Which kinds was of really stuff. scary, it man. It was, yeah. Because, you know,
0: I, not only was there. Uh, Not as much education about what COVID was uh, for people experiencing homelessness. I mean, because like if you're living on the streets, a lot of the information that you get is word of mouth. So Mm -hmm. it's not like you have constant access to like news updates and news cycles and, uh, you know, television and you're tracking along. And so um, it was really interesting to start to talk about COVID uh, to people experiencing homelessness, but also realize that people were actually getting sick and coming up missing. Yeah. Um, which was really scary, man.
1: It was. And that, that actually brings up a good point. Um, the lack of information about uh, this pandemic that people living on the streets had access to. I remember every single day that we would go into the city people would be asking us questions about it, like how many people uh, have it? Is it in America? Is it yeah? where, like how many cases? Where Are there any cases in Georgia? Like yeah. how do I protect myself? All these questions because the uh, normal streams of information that they had access to beforehand, such as like libraries or, uh, for instance, in Atlanta, the CNN Center, I mm-hmm. know people would go in there and listen. Uh, all those were cut off, so they literally had... No, nothing, nothing, and you know, not even
0: realizing that they were almost casualties in in many uh, in many in many ways, yeah uh, not realizing how close the virus was to uh, people uh actually living um, on the streets and experiencing what they were experiencing each and every second of the day. Um, And we also started to see like all of these reports across the country where uh, people experiencing homelessness wasn't necessarily being talked about Mm -hmm. or being cared for. We saw a couple of uh, testing sites pop up on the West Coast. We had a few uh, like a gateway uh, pop up, uh, but there was no robust system. As to how we would care for the most vulnerable in our country, um, and we we even seen saw the gross uh, disparities of how local governments were responding. Like even in Las Vegas, I remember seeing this image floating around on social media, which was a real story uh, from CNN, where you know they uh, basically put a bunch of people experiencing homelessness. Uh, in parking spaces in a in a big parking lot and call that social distancing while all of these major hotels were shut down with no customers and all of these rooms available and literally people were on the streets um, not even six feet apart from one another and not able to physically distance uh, from each other and that image within itself just communicated this message that Um, we aren't really valuing uh, people who are living on the margins of society.
1: Yeah. And I feel like us as a society as as a whole weren't prepared for this pandemic at all. No, we weren't. But we specifically weren't prepared or even thinking of, like you said, some of the most vulnerable people uh, to this disease. People who are living... On the streets, under bridges, in the woods. We didn't really even think of them when it came to this. And uh, another thing we don't often think of is you know, this is a global pandemic, but oftentimes there are, we see a, a, a health crisis pop up within the community of people experiencing homelessness that doesn't make the news or anything like that. And it's kind of isolated to them. Right, uh, but that's another another area where we just don't really have any attention on. no,
0: we don't, and you know, I think one of the things too that has started to even soften um people's hearts um, even in this moment, you think about thirty million people right now still unemployed mm-hmm. um you think about the uh the unemployment, um, extra benefits that was being given by the government for people who have been furloughed or laid off, that has been cut off. Um, You have all of these people who are in Congress about to vote on, do we extend this or not? Uh, They've literally not reached a decision. Uh, The food lines or food box lines are, you know, three-hour wait Um, and they're long and wrapped around buildings and, you know, up and down expressways, uh, people for the first time have, um, you know, I remember watching a report and it was this lady, she's, you know, she said she was middle class, but she says for the first time in my life, have I ever been in the food box line to, to receive food as a recipient? And I think, uh, people have, allowed the pressure of this time to make them realize that this life is not just about them, that there are people in this world um, who go through these types of struggles each and every day. And I, I think it's very easy for us to turn our heads and look away when something that is causing another person to suffer doesn't necessarily plague our lives. And for this moment in time in history, now we're being forced to realize that we're all connected in some way, that at any given moment, it can all be taken away. Mm -hmm. Uh, At any given moment, we can all feel the pain of what it means to be without or to be isolated or be, or, or to be overlooked or even to wrestle with, our own inner emotions of about not having certain access points uh, to things that we're normally accustomed to. And if, if I could say anything, man, one of the greatest uh, things that I think we're finding out in this moment is that uh, not only do we need clear and strong leadership, uh, but we also need uh, to communicate to one another in a way uh, where we can lock arms and uh, together, uh, move forward. Um, and I, I, don't, although that softening is there, I, I don't think we've fully seen that.
1: Yeah. And I even think in some ways the softening has almost, uh, started to wear off and it's gone almost in the opposite direction of like this months later. Yeah. Months yeah. later it's almost gone. You know, like in the beginning we were all kind of like, okay, let's get through this together. But now it's kind of like, it seems like hearts have even been hardened. So Uh, more so than they were before. And people are starting to like, I guess, be more selfish and, um, more self-centered and me focused. Why do you think that is though? I almost wonder if it was like, you know, like everyone had this, uh, no matter how brief it was encounter with, um, uh, being, being vulnerable and, uh, having something serious actually affect them for once. Right. And so it it was all like, it put us all in the state. Like, I don't know, like, you know, like my entire life before this, like I always had access, Mm. but now I've seen this access is, there's this possibility that it could be shut off. And now it's almost like this, uh, like fend for myself mentality.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, You know, I think early on in a, pandemic, which is weird because people who are living on the streets are still suffering Uh um, because although we've opened back up as a society, um, you know, there are still pockets and, you know, precautions and uh, procedures that, uh, you know, places are implementing all around the United States that even makes it really harder to go back to What we, you know, considered normal. So even you know some churches aren't even still gathering together. You know, I think, um, you know, we we're still dealing with the pains of the pandemic, but yet, like you're saying, people are becoming more selfish now. Months later, because I think people have gotten like worn out on. Isolating in place, wearing masks, if you choose to or not. Who is this, you know, mask now or political yep. uh, touch points. Uh, it's a political statement if you wear one. It's a political statement if you don't. Um, you know, people are, uh, you know, uh, taking sides. Um, people have different opinions about should we open up school and should we stay closed and all of these different things. And I think people, uh, I think people had just gotten tired of not being able to connect. Yeah. Um, and be with each other, but not realizing that we're still in the middle of the pandemic. People are still suffering. And this virus is still causing people to be sick. And if I could be really candid, I mean, uh, a couple weeks ago, we got a call that Cecilia's brother, um, which is married to her, her, her sister, is in the hospital right now as we're doing this podcast on, on life support. Uh, he was on a ventilator. He had to have, you know, emergency surgery, be flown in a helicopter from Augusta, Georgia, all the way to Atlanta to Emory, and uh, he's in a self-induced coma right now. And people will say, well. Only, you know, older people are at risk. He's my age. Yeah. He's 38. He's a year older than me. He's 38 years old. Um, And right now, fighting for his life. And he looks like me. And, you know, people make statements to say, well, you know, all you have to do is go out and, you know, be safe or not congregate. But people are congregating all around. People are just tired. They're doing whatever it is that they want to do. But they're... There's a reality um that people are actually suffering. Like my family yeah. is suffering from uh COVID right now. And um like you said, man, I, I think we can't become selfish to the point that we put other people in harm's way.
1: Yeah. It it almost seems like it goes back to this idea of people wanting control as well. Mm like they want to have control over their lives again and i feel like they're it's almost like we're fighting for even like the smallest things like like you said the uh wearing a mask or not wearing a mask like we're we're fighting for even the like the smallest bits of control in our lives right when in reality something like i mean wearing a mask is simple like people do it all the time before the uh before this pandemic even happened right I mean, it was very It's not like this new thing that nobody's ever done before. Right. Um, It's a small sacrifice, if you even want to call it a sacrifice. Right. Uh, But people are still, like, you know, fighting over it tooth and nail. Right.
0: Fighting over it tooth and nail. You know, um, I've seen video clips of people uh, getting so upset and because they were required to wear a mask in the store and turning over things in the store, like pushing down uh, items mm-hmm. and racks and stuff. Um, even now, man, sometimes when I have on my mask and I go out, there's certain people who um, I've come across that don't wear masks um, that will look at me funny, <laughs> and it's like. You know, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm trying to be safe. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, in, in the beginning, uh, you know, the only persons could wear a mask were f- frontline workers, right, or people in the hospitals. And then they realized that, you know, well, if everybody wore a mask, at least the person wearing the mask would protect uh, the other persons yep. who would come around them. Um, if they were carrying this virus, if they were asymptomatic, et cetera. And now it's been, you know, said that if you wear a mask, no matter who you are, uh, you're you're like protecting each other. Because if I'm asymptomatic and, you know, you have somebody at your house that has underlying conditions and I don't have a mask on and I pass it to you and you're asymptomatic, you could take it home and literally destroy uh, someone's life that may be close to you. And it's just one of those things where it's, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry for me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's, I mean, it's, you can almost see it as just a small act of service to society. Um, no matter what your opinion or beliefs behind, you know, if it's effective or whatever, like why not? I don't understand why people wouldn't do it regardless. Um, right you know the the interesting thing too man is um, I'll
0: never forget I was uh, I think we were at the office we had just gotten a, a shipment of PPE gear a uh, huge shout out to Vector Global Logistics uh, that has been resourcing us with thousands of um, you know protective masks I mean we've shared them with all types of groups um, and individuals working on the front lines but I met this guy, um, right outside the center and obviously he was, uh, experiencing homelessness and I asked him, uh, did he need anything? He was talking about the lack of food and not able to go different places. And then he asked me, uh, you know, you wouldn't happen to have a mask. I haven't gotten one yet. And it just, even that story, obviously we were able to give him a few, but even that story within itself made me realize that while people are complaining about um, fighting over toilet tissue or paper towels or like complaining about having to wash their hands too much and, or wear a mask, there's this whole group of people that don't have access to any, anything. They don't even have the option uh, to in many regards make the choice to wear a mask or not Right. to shelter in place or not where you're gonna shelter in if you don't have an address mm-hmm. um, to wash your hands or not I mean it's it's the things that we take for granted sometimes other people are literally praying for
1: yeah and like you said even the choice to wear a mask or not to isn't even an option for some people right um And yeah, that's even something we take for granted. And I know we even talked a little bit uh, the other week about how so many grocery stores and retail outlets are requiring you to wear a mask now. Yeah. And if you don't have a mask, um, if you are living on the streets under a bridge out in the woods and you don't have access to a mask, you don't have access to the food anymore. Right. Right yeah and that's something else we take for granted, like mm. at least if you if you hate a mask, you can you know bear with wearing one for the thirty minutes you go grocery shopping um but there are people who don't even have that option
0: right because they don't have access mm-hmm. yeah man, it's um I know we didn't get on the podcast to talk just about masks, but I think the the thing that we are lifting up is, you know, while we are still in the middle of suffering, um, that we have, we need to shift our focus from just being selfish to thinking about the whole again, you know, all, all members and all, you know, persons in society, even if a person doesn't have an address, um because in reality man you know people talk about ways forward and I think the best thing that a person or an individual can do is to be the best uh representation of what love looks like in this dire
1: moment yeah, yeah yeah and like we said at the beginning of this pandemic, Uh, serving isn't canceled. Uh, You can still serve people. um, Right. And I think even as people of faith, uh, we have to remember the words of Jesus uh, that we are to die to self. Mm. What does that look like during a pandemic? For you, it might be uh, wearing a mask. Um, It might be uh, standing six feet apart from somebody. It might be not hosting that party or a wedding or so on like... Uh, it's not necessarily going to be fun, but man, I don't think dying to self is supposed to be. And, uh, when it comes down to it, like during, during this season, we have to remember to, to serve others still and, uh, to be grateful for whatever, whatever we have, whatever life looks like to be grateful for that.
0: Yeah. Because gratitude is, is something that will keep us grounded. um, you know, every single morning we wake up, no matter how emotionally heavy it may be for our family, you know, one of the things that we practice is, you know, saying our gratefuls, you know, even during times when we're praying with each other, we call out the things that we're grateful for, uh, because gratitude is literally uh, the thing that will cause us to stay focused on our faith and and be grounded as a family. You know, do I still have breath in my lungs? Yes. Do I still have access to food? Yes. Do I have, you know, mobility in my body? Yes. Do I have a roof over my head? Do I have gas in the tank, even if it's not a full tank? I mean, there are so many things that you can list um, that will uh, cause you to be grateful. And gratitude leads to... This joy um, that we're supposed to have. And if we're not being grateful in this moment, how can we experience the joy, but then also share that joy with others? And I think in essence, that's literally what serving is all about. It's um, allowing the joy uh, that you have on the inside uh, to be shared with others Uh, so they, they too know that they, um, you know, are loved, are deemed worthy. Um, and service is not always like something that is cookie cutter. It could be just as you you were saying, um, in very practical, but tangible ways, ensuring the safety of other people.
1: Yeah. And as we wrap up, I feel like if we could leave words with anybody, it would be to keep serving, uh, be intentional about serving, like think through it. Yeah. Um, and serving, I think can be defined as any way we put somebody else before ourselves. Mm. Uh, it could be an act of service. And like we said, that could be wearing a mask. It could, uh, be sneezing into your arm or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Um, small things are, can still be acts of service. It could be, uh,
0: you know, dropping, uh, you know, uh, Hodging resources in a place where you know people uh without access to that frequent yeah um not necessarily meaning that you have to make contact, but it could be placed or or left in those um open places it could be you know given over and above you know uh extra resources of food because there are families probably even around you or in your church or. Wherever that may need those extra resources, I mean, just think about how you can leverage, as uh Johnny was saying, uh, all that you have in a way to uh put others before yourself,
1: yeah, and then one last thing is like you said to be grateful uh, oh man, for everything every every moment you have, especially during a pandemic, where I think by this point we uh we most of us know somebody who has passed away from this or yeah uh know somebody who has lost a loved one or, or contracted losing, it yeah yeah contracted it or yeah. is in critical condition yeah and what better time to to be grateful for even the smallest things we have than to to see this great loss of life and loss of uh mobility and uh loss of health all around us
0: yeah yeah man you're grateful um i would challenge you as you as we wrap up to think about the top things that you're grateful for just take a moment wherever you are um and as uh the writer in the book of james says count it count it all joy yeah yeah
1: yep well thank you all for listening um If you liked what you heard or were inspired in any way, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, You can leave us a review. You can share it with friends and family. You can give us a shout out on social media. Uh, Terrence, what's your social media?
0: Yeah, man. Um, If you want to check out our organization, it's at Love Beyond Walls. Uh, That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter. If you want to reach out to me personally or follow me in some way, that's I'm um, Terrence Lester, I M T E R E N C E L E S T E R, and uh, that's also Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What about you, John?
1: Yep, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at uh, Johnny Taylor 95. And you can also check out our organization, Love Beyond Walls, on the web at lovebeyondwalls.org to check out everything we're doing there in these times. You can uh, learn more about our Love Sinks In campaign. You can donate to help put a sink somewhere um, in your hometown or elsewhere.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, I would say uh, we're just getting back into this. Yeah and it felt good today man it
1: did it was it was nice to sit down and talk about a, uh, a lot of this yeah we're gonna do more yep and hopefully we can be a little more consistent as we are um, starting to get a little more grounded and used to this new normal
0: yeah the new normal new normal right. we'll bring about new podcasts yeah <laughs> righty
1: all right